Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 774, recorded today on Wednesday, the 11th of October, 2023. We're just back from Synthfest, and this is an unusual sort of situation we've been in. Last year, last week, we were just back from Bristronica, so there's been two shows literally back-to-back, -back, Saturday after Saturday. Bristronica was obviously a synth show, and uh, Synthfest in the UK, in Sheffield, was a synth show too. So we'll be talking about that, and we managed to cover most of the things that we missed at Bristronica, and so there, between them, there's 60-odd videos of stuff, of new stuff. So uh, do enjoy that. The playlist is up there at the moment. In fact, I should be plugging all of our stuff. I want to say thanks to our sponsors for that show, IK Multimedia and Soma uh, Synths. Um, they, yeah, it's great to get support because it means that we can do what we do. Uh, we're going to be talking more about music technology this week. We've got a bunch of guests. Yes. So anyway, let's get on to our guests. Oh, actually, before I do, I want to say thank you. Welcome back to Wagyu uh, in the chat. Uh, he's the one who does the moderation. We missed him last week, but he was having a good time, I hope. Uh, and he's also sort of administrating, administering the back end. So uh, nice to see all you folks in there. Uh, a lot of familiar faces and some new ones, too. So let's get on to our guests. Uh, we have uh, a full panel uh, this week and and. Everybody on this panel was actually at Synthfest, which is uh, a first because, um, well, why not? It seems like the, the, the thing to talk about. We'll start off with uh, Mr. Robert Pericelli, who at failedmuso.com, who uh, you were one of... There weren't that many seminars, actually, and you did a whole thing about FM, uh, which sounds like uh, you might have created a bit of a rock for your back there. It sounds like a sort of, the sort of lecture that could have taken an extremely long time. Actually, incidentally, I went to see a talk of M Mary Beard at our local show, Pavilion, oh, wow. with 1,100 Amazing. people there listening to her talking about... It was... I, I couldn't believe it, and I was thinking of you, <laughs> Robbie, when I was doing that, because there was a big queue. I mean, I don't know how many people were at, at that seminar, but, I mean, there were several hundred, so it must have been quite a good buzz. How'd it go? I got... It went amazingly well, and thank you to everyone that attended. Um, somebody sent me a video. Thankfully, they didn't send it before we started because I would have panicked a little bit because when the lights are on, you can't really see how full the room is. And um, the queue apparently snaked all the way from the seminar room through the main lobby and out the front doors, which was just yeah. like, wow. Um, 320 people, which is 20 more than the capacity wow. of the room. So it was like nice. standing room only. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, now it went really well. There was no, um, you know, no failures of equipment, um, no failures of the presenters, and the feedback we got was amazing. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was it was a really good time, and I hope that people learn something. And and we went to Yamaha because Yamaha were, were very generous and they loaned me a Modi X7 Plus uh, for the event so that I could have that next to the vintage gear and you know we could show differences and stuff. And we went back down to hand it back to them, and they said. We had a big footfall into the room as soon as your uh, seminar finished. So clearly people were, were inspired by it and went down to, to try some of Manny's sounds on the Modi Xs, which was cool. Excellent. I, actually, I met Manny. He came up and said, uh, hello, I love yeah. your stuff. And I was like, wow. I mean, he's, a bit of, <laughs> he's like the, one of the legendary FM uh, sound programmers, isn't he? He really yeah. is kind of... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, yeah definitely. Yeah, he was... Um, I think they... Gary Lewenberger, I think, kind of heard of his skills. And when the D50 came out, the DX7 was like, you know, seriously flagging to the point that nobody was selling any. So Manny's first job was to try and get some D50-esque sounds on the, the DX7 <laughs> and And he did. And I've got them and they're, they're amazing. Yeah. I mean, soundtrack sounds like soundtrack. It's, um, yeah, it's, he's done some amazing stuff. And Yamaha liked it so much 
that they've used them on pretty much everything they've uh, ever done since, including the one that came out the other day. So, The Montage yeah. M, which uh, we Indeed. sadly didn't see that at Yamaha. Uh, and we talked about it last no. week because it was teased and mentioned, but it was officially mm-hmm. launched, I think, uh, Monday. I think it was Monday, Monday. In fact, loads of stuff is out this week. We're not going to be able to cover it all. I apologise to anybody who might want to rant in the, uh, <laughs> in the chat room that perhaps we aren't talking about X or Y, but we'll try and do our best. Anyway, uh, you heard some interjections there from uh, Paulie Bow. <laughs> Who was also there. I didn't get a chance to talk to you much, but uh, you were there. I met no. your uncle Brian again. I haven't seen him for years uh, of Modified Toy Orchestra. Um, yes. So, did you have a good show? Had a, had a great show, actually. Manny came up to me as well, which it's interesting that you recognise me because you know I'm such a wallflower and, and try and blend <laughs> into the background. But he um, he came along and I don't know if you can see that. He came no, along. No, you're a bit behind. Yeah, and, you're uh, a bit behind. Your sink's a bit out at the moment. That's okay. He came up and said hello to me. Um, I'll sort my sink out in a minute. And nice. uh, yeah, had a fantastic time. I hear that it's someone's birthday today, Nick. It might be. Oh, yes. yes. It's a, uh, oh, it's an ins- insignificant birthday. Happy when you get to our race, it's To you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nick. Happy birthday to you. Oh, <laughs> Twilight Zone stuff going on. <laughs> and many so more. Oh, I feel uh, that's very kind so of you. So there we go. Yeah, excellent. Thank you, Paulie. That's very kind um, to have a rendition. Uh, That's cool. Even uh, and, and ukulele. I, I'm a bit disappointed. It's not a SpongeBob SquarePants ukulele though, because I know that that has. Sure. Uh, my daughter had one of those, and I, I'm surprised you haven't. Frankly, you're obviously, <laughs> obviously not as cool as I thought you were. <laughs> I love it. Maybe what? Maybe if you could uh, reconnect, what I'll do is I'll come back. I'll, I'll go to over to Robbie, and then we can maybe come back and uh, get some more thoughts on the Synthfest because you're a, a fair few seconds out. Uh, Robin, um, you were Ooh. there too. Uh, yeah, another show, another Saturday. Did yes. you go up and down in one day, or did you stay over? Because it's a long old, long old trek, isn't it? It is. Well, I had an adventure of bump starting the car and in various hotel car parks all over, sort of Staffordshire and wherever it is, <laughs> South Yorkshire. So yeah, I had an extended trip, really. Although it, it was ultimately intentional, so I went to Alton Towers the next day with uh, the two ah. kids I took with me, which was fun. Although an awful lot of queuing, even for October, an awful lot of queuing, but um, but fun nonetheless. So yeah, I was there uh, the whole day. Um, and it was good it was good it's a bit of a pilgrimage for me i think it's it's a very warm place a very place of uh, i don't know you just want to cuddle up to all of the uh, control voltage and and mm-hmm. vibes that are coming off things <laughs> it's a nice it's a nice event yeah it certainly is i just want to say thanks to uh super chat from uh, die stanton saying thank you uh for uh sam on his marriage that's wrong it hasn't shown up i, I what am i looking for comment that's what I'm looking for. So Patriots, great bargain. I, I think I'm actually getting those wrong. But so, Robin, I, I'm, I'm curious to, to know what your, I mean, there was plenty there. Did it feel busier to you? It felt like it was busier to me in terms of more, uh, more uh, exhibitors than previous years. Yeah. Or I, was I just imagining that? And it was good to see a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there. 
Yeah, now I mean they 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 did fill the hall, um, perhaps a bit more than than previous years. But every, everyone else was at Robbie's uh, seminar, so the the place <laughs> itself felt relatively sparse, I think overall. Um, but um, yeah, there was a good show in. It's it was really interesting to compare it to Bristonica though, because there was a lot more modular at Bristonica, just row and row and row of uh, of Eurorack, whereas it was a bit more esoteric at. Um, at Synthfest, mm. you know, interesting things, uh, boxes that people had sort of made and put together and weren't necessarily a company yet, but were to, or giving it a go. And then lots of traditional big size keyboard type synthesizers. So it definitely has a, a more of a, um, a more of a proper synthesizer vibe about it, which is good. Both should exist. You know, we should have both these flavors. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, and, and I think I, I, I think that I, it felt the audience was very different. I mean, it was very synth fest. I mean, it's very yeah. sort of sound on sound, very sort of kind of white middle aged bloke, really. To be honest, if we're if we're we're being fairly uh, what are you trying uh, to say? Uh, <laughs> straight about it. But there, were, it, I mean, there's just a lot that I found. It, I did find it quite inspiring. It's very niche. I mean, Bristronica, like I say, was very different. Any any particular favourites of what was found there? I mean, I've got a few ideas. I'm just wondering, um, uh, Paulie, I, we'll come back to you because I think you're reconnected. Yeah. Was there anything that you saw that uh, that really you thought, oh, that really, I might be able to find a video for I it? I know that I know that we already um, talked about this, but I actually got to have a go on the play fader. Yes, um, Gaz had another look and at that really well. love that because of the. Um, you know, the amount of functionality it packs in, but also the very sort of 1970s electronic toy calculator vibes, you know, with the little screen. Um, and I've been chatting with the nice guy who, Andrew, who um, who's involved Andrew with that, Hodge, yeah. that um, project. That's it. And, uh, yeah, I've just been asking him loads of nerdy questions, you know. Will I be able to clock my ZX Spectrum to it? And uh, I don't think I will be able to, funnily enough. Oh. So that's going to be a fun experiment. Sounds <laughs> good. But, um, yeah, um, I like that. And I also liked, what was the other thing? The, um, the Tone Science Chance looks very fun. Yeah, I well. thought that was really good. I, I spoke to Ian Boddy about that, and he gave a great demo. In fact, I've got that. Let me just play a little bit of it. Why don't I do that? Because I've actually got a video. So Tone Science is uh, 9, 10, 11. This one. No, it's not. Excellent. This one. <laughs> Let's see if we can find it. So if you're playing a set of sequence lines, Ron is continuously playing the same thing over and over. I can increase the density of when it gets played and decrease from really sparse to full on right the way back to just yeah neat hey there it is. I must work on my enthusiasm I was actually quite enthusiastic about that but it was quite late in the day and I'm quite tired by that point we were discussing this, the whole sort of nature of uh, how approachable you are at trade shows. It's really hard when you're working, yes. working, like right in the zone, recording stuff. I, it's very hard to 
switch between I need to think about what I'm doing next and I need to retrieve conversational yes. facts from some random access memory that I'm unable to do. So I generally am not that chat. I would like to say I did meet a couple of really interesting people there. I met um, up with yeah. uh, the guys from Gunship, actually, Dan Haig. Who got? Who went? Who, they were their midweek chart position for the new album, which is I think it's called Unicorn, was number three. Sadly, the Spotify plays of the big, the big three, Miley and uh, uh, who else was it? Some other ones have put them down to twenty-six. But they got in top thirty album, which is pretty electronic. Number one in the US. So big shout out to them. I know they're fans of the show. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but so the chance uh, and the play fader, definitely good ones. Um, Robin, yeah. what about you? Is there some stuff that mm. you that you found that was uh, particular? I see. I might have it. Although I'm going to have to play it manually because it's definitely not <laughs> working properly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed the audio computer stuff, um, the oh, beat yeah. friend, and the the, the friend. weather machine, weather station, weather weather station, the weather yeah. girls. Uh, you know, nice ideas, <laughs> weird things in a box that you can you can mess about with and manipulate. Uh, I'm always on the lookout for. A, a drum machine that sort of works for me most of them don't most of them just don't seem to to want to to gel with my way of thinking and so finding something which will generate uh, a, a beats with a minimum amount of fuss and yet let you change it and uh improve upon it and mess about with it you know the, the beat friend really seemed to to find that little spot uh, i thought and the, the weather station just seemed to be a bit nuts, and that always fits in rather well. Of course, I would like to see a Eurac version of both these things. But hey, I'll take a desktop if that's what we have to to look at it in. Mm. Yeah, mm. I got a little video of that. Let's see if I can find the. Uh, what do I go to? Uh, I mean, might play. Who knows? That says number six. Sonic State here at Synthfest oh, yeah, 2023, and I'm here with Ben from Audio Computer. Now. Let's just fuck, yeah. Enthusiasm, because, you know, enthusiasm. drummers get really enthusiastic. Yeah. You know, they go a bit crazy. Enthusiasm. Fantastic. But, uh, yeah. Great idea. I mean, basically, the, the, the notion is that there's lots of faders. Again, this sort of complexity, chance, enthusiasm, and jazziness, I think, yeah. was another one. And I just think that's a, just a great idea for so you can very, you can sort of gesturally control the beat. So the, the basic presets are fairly simple. But I also really like there's some quite interesting and grungy effects on it. It was an analog machine, but it did look good. I think it's, mm. I, I, can you, I can't remember how much it was going to be because I haven't got notes for it. I think it was maybe three, four, no. four or five hundred pounds. Five hundred pounds. Yeah. Four to five hundred. Yeah, I think so. Good. I mean, I, I find I'm using, I'm kind of using the same beats all the time. I mean, I, I used to program drums you know fastidiously uh, to the point of, of craziness and i don't tend to do that anymore i just i'm tending to find the same thing so all i really want is a something relatively simple that i can then just inject some variation to and then i focus all of my real rhythms on gating other stuff funnily enough that's mm, where i find yeah. more fun now whereas i just want a basic beat that's sort of yeah, moving everything yeah. forward yeah and so this seems to really fit that mold Without being too bossanovery, I think. Yeah, it didn't. It's got. It's got a. It's got the just the requisite amount of bibble bobble. I think is the. Uh, yes. Oh, that sounds like a show title. I'm going to write that down. The right amount of bibble, bibble bobble. bobble. I think yeah, because a similar machine that. is the is the random rhythm from Vimona. Um and that that mm. has a lot of that sort of potential, but it very quickly seems to turn into a march. Whatever you do. It oh, just yeah. it finds a little bit too much of a grid on itself, and so you end up feeling very oh, going along, marching away through this thing. Um, so it just needs 
and it's felt like this had a little bit more groove to it, a little bit more accidental movement, yeah. enthusiasm, you know, on the, as it says mm. on the knob, which I thought was great. Liked that. Yeah, I think this, that, that's the key. It would be interesting how those algorithms and those algorithmic tweaks are being made, because that's where the skill presumably is in something like this. And it did seem like a very yes. uh, cool item. Uh, I'm just trying to think there are a couple more. Uh, let me see if I come here. Let me find my... Yeah, um, I have to be uh, a shout out for the Yamaha finger drum. I thought that was... Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. That. Simon. A bit of that. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, so this is, this is an interesting... Uh, it's very dark in here. So it is quite the anything oh. you want. So you can assign it to be... Yeah. Just by going through the eight different pads. So, so, I mean, yes, some of the demos cheesy, but this thing seems like, I mean, Yamaha had, had a couple of hits for me, but the, the finger drum, because it's got a new layout, which makes it a bit more ergonomically to play. It's got 50 kits on it, which I sounded all, you know, the usual Yamaha fare, but it also will play samples from disc and stream. So you could trigger loops and then play along it. Output, but you could, you can add that with some kind of interface. It's not yeah. an impossibility. It just seemed like actually the only thing, the only thing that, you know, the, the, the audio outs mini jack, but it's got USB out. So if you did have it in a, a USB audio, out, I suppose that, that would be the only thing, not very pro audio outs and no MIDI out, but both of those things could be worked around. So I'm just thinking actually it could be quite a utility and useful thing for uh, playing live or just yeah. learning. It's got a battery in it and it's got a, a quite a beefy speaker with a lot of porting. So you could just put it on your lap and learn the kind of layout of it and it's what was it 300 and something quid it seemed quite reasonably priced i think i think mm. maybe street price even 280 290 which seems seems very affordable for something said, 279 yeah, yeah the, no good shout did you get a chance you went to see yamaha didn't you uh, uh robbie so did you yeah. did you did you were you tempted to uh drum away i was well yeah i'm a drummer that's that's my thing and so i was kind of interested when they first released it because of that pad design, because the one thing with like a, a four by four, you know, grid thing is that not everything's normally in the, the sort of the natural place. And they've done really well with that because everything just kind of fell under your fingers in, in just the right places. And, and so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I actually, I spoke to Simon and said, I'm going to try and get one of these and stick it with my drum kit to triggering it from my e-drum kit see see what uh, whether it just sort of doubles up as a second brain or something which would be quite an interesting thing to do um but the other thing that caught my eye and it's not new but i did get a chance to speak with its inventor who's a bit of a legend was the c15 the non-linear labs uh, uh yeah. um, it's just an amazing beautiful beautiful thing and stefan is such such a you know, an intelligent, clever genius of a man. That was that was a real highlight for me to spend some time with him um, pre-show and uh, get a play with with that thing. That's a beautiful synthesizer. Yeah, um, we shot. We actually yeah. we shot a video yeah. on that. It's the two operator sort of rather bizarre. That's it. Two operator FM synth with, but with loads of additional feedback uh, routings and resonators yeah. and stuff. It's a really, it's qu yeah. quite. I mean, that seems like the future of FM right there, rather than you know your standard. It's one of them. Yeah, definitely, stuff. absolutely. I've just got to do a quick shout out for the uh, kind people who are dropping in uh, um, super chats. Uh, happy birthdays. Mark is on Carl Bedford and Technomatic. For some reason, it's not showing up in my data source, so I, I do apologise, but I uh, quickly wanted to give a quick shout out for that. Yes, I, I didn't want to kind of cut anybody off. There, there's so, there was actually quite a lot to talk about. I suppose, I mean, I really should 
We should talk about the uh, the Maximus as well. Where did I put that? That was in number oh. eight. I think this might yes. actually work. Just because this is the only place I think that it really could have been launched because it it's so super. Synthfest is quite nerdy and it's quite you know people really get excited about big synths. Let's see if this was Tom. it. Yeah, you are the man of the moment yet again with your monster analog synthesizers, yeah. and this is. Well, it's not quite as a big a beast as last time. No. But it's still pretty Maximus. Oh, do you see what I did there? I apologise <laughs> for the pun did. there. Let's um, get into some noises. So essentially, uh, I didn't realise this, but I, uh, there is, because I, I was quite curious about this, there is no sort of polyphonic controller, so you do, so you do have to tune yeah. in, but each voice is essentially a voice. You know, it's not like eight oscillators, it's eight voices separately. So in this instance, uh, Simon Forsyth actually did this, this patch, so there's... Unison, uh, there's drum voices, there's bass lines and stuff. It's just, I mean, it's incredibly you know, opulent. I mean, it's 22 and a half grand, I think, which is kind of considerably, mm -hmm. it's a bunch of money. But one of the things that was quite interesting, he was talking about, and he just said, you know, rather than chasing the kind of lowest common denominator and having to kind of shave things off construction and all the hassle of getting kind of mass production workflows right, he's just sort of chosen his other path. And I think in a, in a way it was luck rather than necessarily judgment. I mean, he says as much when we were talking to him but it's actually a, a great niche because also people are not going to be cloning it because it's so bloody expensive but there are enough people to make it work i think he's already sold out already it's just it's fabulous yeah. isn't it i mean you must have had a look mm. at this robin i mean it's just it's a it's a delightful thing i, I did i mean every time i went past uh, uh, there wasn't there was too many people already sort of sitting on it so I, I i admired it from afar but it is a is a fascinating thing and analog solutions it's really interesting watching their almost like their evolution through the different things that they've tried out uh the fuse boxes and then these little um boxes desktop boxes that they did because uh, it looks like tom has tried everything can i be a mid-range synth can i be an entry-level synth can i do a bit of this you know a bit of modular and it's like sod it let's just do let's do the world let's do this thing you know <laughs> tile by one so you know i've got one customer at least it'll it'll work and and it does <laughs> it keeps going out there it keeps um people keep picking them up and he's dead right you know I, I, even though there is this clamoring for the cheapest synth possible there is still people who think well i'd just like to buy something wonderful and i think that's that's a valid market to to play in i don't think many people could but yeah there's um you know there's room there's still room i think for that kind mm. of definitely thing. and the, the the interesting thing is then also he he can still basically be a man in a shed you know he doesn't have to kind of scale <laughs> yes. up have a factory have all of he doesn't have yes. to do all of the things that that pressure you know the, the kind of pressure of the market pressure of the shareholders he can just do what he likes and i think that is really commendable and lovely that it happens but it also he seems he seems to figure out a way to make enough of them so it's not it's not like he's mm. making ems remakes where you have to wait sort of six years to get one because it takes so long. He's actually he's got an, he's, he's doing it fast enough without without being kind of yeah. It's not like rocking horse doo doo. It's sort of it's a bit better than that. I know, Robbie. You, you probably made a beeline for this like the rest of us. Or, or you can't miss yeah. it. It's right in front of the door, wasn't it? So exactly. I I was fortunate again. You know, having because I was there early, I got to it and didn't have anybody to mess around with apart from Simon Forsyth, who kept getting in my way, bless him. But he was showing, you know, it was great to have him <laughs> there to kind of show me how to, to do stuff. But it is, it's just this amazing thing. And I'm just so glad that Tom does this. These things need to exist. You know, 
it's you said yeah. it's all very well having all this stuff right down the other end of the scale, but you do need this stuff. And no, we'll, you know, the likes of most of us here, I guess, will never be able to afford one, let alone fit it in into our rooms or spaces. But this needs to exist. And Tom is just he's just the most amazing human being, and he's made some brilliant stuff. And I hope this does amazingly well for him. Uh, and, and it will, it will, because it's just great, and it sounds amazing. I was just, you know, the, each voice has got its own sixteen-step light loop sequencer. And you can get some really yes. amazing things going, but I was just like, no, just I was kind of going, give me eight voices, and it's just yeah, it's just great, yeah, mm -hmm. fantastic. Just yeah, not terribly practical if you're recalling polyphonic presets, but no. it's an exploration machine. I know it's fun, isn't it? I mean, you can't uh, you can't help but admire someone who's just you know making that sort oh, of thing. Oh, definitely, it's good. Just go 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 for the big time, I guess, on this stuff. Um, I, I loved it, um, and I was there, of course. Uh, I'm good friends with Simon, and um, I was asking him loads of nerdy questions. And there's actually VCO out on, I mean, there's, I think it's cross-mod FM between each, mm -hmm. the oscillators, the VCOs on each of the eight modules. But there's VCO out as well, so you could, if you wanted, just patch up uh, a sort of, 16 operator it wouldn't be like obviously linear fm uh 20 grand fm synth if you wanted <laughs> so i like that there's you know flexibility and and separate vco out vco outs on everything mm. um but i loved it and the range of percussion yeah. they were getting was brill as well like a whole drum kit's worth of percussion Example using you know Ahoy, i suspect yeah, um, well, there was I also did. Ample there as well, which looked quite nice. I don't know if you yeah, saw that. Yeah, that was nice. That's very I nice. I saw that yeah. too. I did ask them if they would do a, a four-module a four version. Because, yeah, you know, it looks like two, two lots, uh, maybe called the Minimus, but there's no plans as of yet. So there we go. Well, you right. could buy a Maximus a and give joke. me half. I mean, that's that's the answer, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, just split it. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, sure. Just split it. <laughs> go, go I'll to. I'll pay for delivery. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, that might be considerable. <laughs> After all, you're in the sticks there, Robin. This is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> anyway, uh, that that we could go on for ages about some of this stuff. I mean, there's lots of really good things there. And there are obviously some other things that we could talk about as well. I mean, not only uh well i should probably do this actually because we've got the uh yeah what about this then yeah the akai abc64 we shot a little uh first look video with the guy tom robinson who was pretty good actually and this is, I, I don't know who's doing this but this looks like they must have had to practice for a really long time because it's a very highly choreographed demonstration of all the features uh, very impressive, uh, but essentially this is uh, like I mean, you know, it's push three without without the audio bit, but with eight uh, CV gates, couple of MIDI outs, eight fader strips. Quite an interesting way to do things, and very deep integration. I mean, this is all sanctioned. I think Ableton kind of worked with them on this, but it's quite interesting because one of the things they were saying is like the MC, uh, the uh, push live three is fabulous, but. It's really expensive for, for some people, and this sort of fits really nicely. I think it works out, is it three, five, nine? 
It's the sort of RRP, I don't know what the street is, maybe a bit less, but it gives you a lot of that functionality, very deep integration with it, and also it works in standalone, so you can actually run it as a only 32-step sequencer, which is a bit stingy, but eight 32-step sequencers that will run with CV and gate on those outputs and also the MIDI. Mm. I, I got the sense that this could be a really big product for them, and uh, but then you've got people who are the original APC uh, 40 users who go, well, no crossfader. You know, it's a different way. It's very much a push thing, mm. and I don't know how how much any of the the audio uh, of you lot are into push, but it is you know it, it's a very specific way. But I quite like the idea with those uh, touch faders that we can you can move eight parameters at a time, automate eight parameters at a time. Which yeah. uh, try doing mm. that on knobs. Very difficult to do or faders. Interesting. I don't know. What do you think, Paulie? Is it? You think it's going to be a hit or a, a miss? It's sure. Like, it's a bit like I'm... what's that program they used to do? Pop, where you had to hold it up. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Hit or a miss? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, no idea what you're talking about. I must be too young. Anyway, sorry, that was terrible. Um, I'm sure you the, are. The the product, uh, of course, looks. It's about three ninety nine, isn't it? I read. I think. So no, the interesting thing, three, bit less three six three five okay. nine I think it was three five nine. Okay, so the interesting thing is that I'm not obviously in this ecosystem. Um, you know, I'm not a user of any of their their products really. Uh, so the standalone stuff was quite interesting to me. Um, that you could just use it as a standalone sequencer and send out CV gates and MIDI and things like that actually qu quite interests me as a kind of, you know, inspiration machine without having to necessarily join their, their ecosystem fully. Um, I have got that right, haven't I? It is like a standalone thing as well. Yes, I would say so. I, you although, don't need the say... software. No, you don't need the software. That's true. You, you don't. That's cool. But you've only got so 32 that's what, steps that's per pattern. That's what interested me. Sure. But I guess if you wanted to um, modulate some interesting parameters with your faders, then yeah, that, could, that. that could work out quite well. What I tend to do anyway is, is capture chunks from hardware. I'll probably capture a number of variations of a 32-step sequence, and then I'll just paste them together in my DAW after. Um, so mm. it wouldn't be a limitation for me. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, and, you know, I think it's all about those faders for me. It just looks so much fun. Yeah, I, th I think the, the obviously the integration with live, the faders can be recorded as automation into live clips. You can send yes. clips that you've recorded in the sequencer direct into live and populate that again, only 32 step. I think where they uh, maybe sure. missed a trick was uh, was not being, uh, I had this in my head just now and I can't remember what it was. Yeah, the, the lack of, the, the, the shortage of steps. And I think also the other thing is the, the other APCs and the APC Mini and the APC 40s, they were much more uh, suitable as sort of freely assignable MIDI controllers. It's just like a bunch of controllers okay. on a surface like a, almost like a kind of uh, a, a speaker spell or a, a, a child's playground where you've got a couple of faders, a few knobs and some buttons and you can just do with what you wish. This less so, I would say. So that's the only thing I would say about that. But I mean, I think it's going to do well. What do you think, Robbie? I really got into live this year 
um, after many years of thinking it should work for me, but never really getting it. So then I kind of threw myself into getting all of these things. So Kent sent me this, um, which I thought was you know, very nice, but it lacked like, <laughs> touch sensitivity and stuff. But what it gave me was, was faders, which is something I'm very familiar with. So I, I appreciated that. And then uh, another guy sent me that, which yeah, is the Launchpad Mini. And that was even nicer because it's uh, nicer feeling pads and it's got some extra functions. Yeah. And then I went and actually bought the bigger one, which is really, really nice. Um, and then, of course, they bring Push 3 out. And I'm like, oh, that's so expensive. So this kind of actually really appeals because it's a really good price point. Uh, it's got poly aftertouch. It's got, um, you know, it's velocity sensitive. It's got those faders, which I, I think are r rather cool. And um, the fact that you can connect your hardware, it's got lo a lot more hardware connection options than, than the push, I believe. Uh, yeah. So you can then integrate the, your little desktop units. You know, I've got a little black box that would work really well with that. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it looks really nice and I'm very tempted. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's it, it's not that it's necessarily better or different. It's just the price point, because you've got that additional control and those extra features. It sort of feels like a, quite a quite a good proposition. And also, you can't buy Push Three in the shops. Ableton are only selling it direct, so the retailers haven't got anything to sell. Now they've got this, and that could be yeah. a big mm. factor in making it popular. So yeah, what do you think, Robin? Yeah, try and just trying to dig out, dig in to understand the connectivity on the back. There is only eight sockets. It says you know eight CV gate, and it's eight CV slash gate. So there's eight physical ports which you could have yeah. as CV mm. or gate. So suddenly it's only Correct. a four track uh, sequencer. Yeah. And then if you want to use those strips, then presumably you can assign those to an output. So you've lost more tracks. So in terms of hardware connectivity, there's a bit, but there's not quite as much excitement as perhaps it initially indicated. But then that's only for that very, very sure. narrow view of idiots like myself who like to plug into to, to control voltages. Well, for uh, for me, undoubtedly, one, it's One, one, one it's thing huge. I said, though, uh, just quickly, because a lot of modular stuff now... We're getting a lot of polyphonic modules which have MIDI mm, inputs as yeah. well. So a combo of that is also so true. Like. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, so yeah, no, very versatile though. I mean, I've got an original launch pad. I'm still squeaking on that every now and again. But then I, I moved to touchscreens and then to Bitwig because it's touchscreen friendly. Ableton is not, and so I tend to I tend to play loop type things in Ableton. So the whole push. Um, environment has not been something that's been of any interest yeah. to me i have to say because i'm oh, all, all touched up with surfaces and touchscreens and um all that sort of thing do you have to keep do you have to keep a chamois and a spray next to all of your computers <laughs> to stop the <laughs> 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 just keep yeah a bit fresh. of an oily rag yeah just to keep everything going <laughs> yeah this is true <laughs> But I mean, I think touch is, I mean, I the combination of touch, I mean, because tacti tactile control is a big thing. It's very mm. hard to, to, to control things with touchscreen without focusing completely. You, you can't reach down and kind yes. of go, while I'm over here, I'm doing that yeah. because your finger may have slipped off the exact fader and then suddenly you're controlling something mm. else. It may, you know, it, it, it's specific, but it definitely, I, I think it's going to be a big hit for them. And I just thought we should, uh, we should yeah. cover that. Uh, definitely. I um, thought before, one uh, thing. Oh yeah, go. Just, just, it probably didn't cost them that much money to add the CVIO and the MIDI and stuff like that. And yet they've opened up an entirely new market. 
potential mm. for it, you know, like modular fans and stuff. So I thought that was really kind of interesting from a, you know, make the most out of your designs kind of thing. Um, going for different markets of people with the same device. Well, and also, to be yeah. fair, the only other thing that really lives in that, inhabits that, and basically owns it, was the key, Arturo's Keystep Pro. You know, you've got a four-track sequencer with CV and gate yes. triggers. You know, there's... I mean, it's got, there is more connectivity on that, to be fair, but for some people, yeah. it might be exactly what, mm. what they're after. You've got eight tracks, many the, um, MIDI for some of it, and yeah. The, the Keystep Pro's on, like, or the Keystep's on every single synthfluencer video, isn't it? So it's, like, really mm. very... It's um, very useful. I'm, very I'm obviously... Useful. I'm very um, over-exaggerating, but it's really hit that, you know, that mm. market segment. Yeah. So well, there's been nothing else quite for... like it. That's the thing. Yeah. No. Until until now, of course, until now. I mean, I wonder. I don't know if anybody knows how it's how it sequences. Does it sequence in a matrix? Have you got a? Is it? You know, can I press? Oh, sorry, I got a patch cable in my hand. Uh, <laughs> I'm a yeah, subconsciously subconsciously patching over here. But uh, yeah, so how does the sequencer work? Does it just go along in a in lines, or is it a grid based one like the Tenori? You know that sort of thing would be interesting to uh, it's know. A bit which like, I'm sure it's a I can like, find out. It's a bit like the Ableton Live one, where you've got a row of four at the top, which is 32 steps, and then notes at the bottom, yeah. which could either be like a drum grid, or uh, but then that's per track. So you oh, like a circuit. A it's got a, so it's got eight like an ovation circuit, so eight tracks of sequence. Yes, I suppose it's similar. It's similar in standard okay. mode. That is, I mean, in standard. Yeah, mode. yeah. Okay, right. Um, and I suppose the next product. I, I need to do this one because I think this fit. I mean, I could imagine plugging this into the APC uh, sixty four mm. and it being a really juicy uh, um, combination. So let's have it. This was released yesterday after spending after spending all day on Saturday trying to get them to tell me about it. At Synthfest, where 1010 Music was, they said, no, sorry, it's on the 10th of the 10th that we're releasing this, which I suppose on the reflection <laughs> makes sense. Oh. oh, sorry about that. That's completely the wrong one. I think I pressed it. Uh, That's not that orange. It, it's not, is it? That's not even it. Oh, uh, three. So that didn't... Uh, okay, let's just go. Oh, for goodness sake. Where is it? So here we are at the Octagon. I've lost it. <laughs> Simon. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, that's really disappointing. Just I'm keep sure. going until it gets there, yeah. Maybe I didn't have it in here. <laughs> oh, I haven't uploaded it. That's my that's my mistake. Oh dear, how embarrassing. That is quite embarrassing because uh, that's the one video I didn't upload. Uh, let me see. Actually, I might I might be able to quickly do it. Uh, hold on. So hold on there. This is a bit of live programming. Uh, let me just see where uh, where that might be. I'm sure I put, I put this on. Flying the, by uh, the, the seat of your pants. Well, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Should we do an I'm interpretive afraid. dance to demonstrate the awesome power of the tangerine well, yeah, sampler? Do, do the, let me just find that. I really don't know where that went. That's bizarre. I thought I put it up there, but uh, there's always some kind of. Let's see. Where's the? Ah, there we go. Let's just do that then. I'll put that up there, and then when I do this, it should work. Yay! Yay. There nice. we go. Sorry about that. Oh, get on with it. <laughs> yeah, tangerine. I beg your pardon. Super nanobox tangerine. 
Yeah, there we go. Uh, it relates to the nanobox theories, which when I must admit, when it first came along, I was a little bit down. I thought it was a bit expensive, but actually a lot of people really mm. did them. And this makes perfect sense. This is really interesting. So this is effectively a sampler, not just a sample playback. You can sample and loop live loop into it. It's got 24 stereo mm. voices, so it will play multi-samples. It's also got eight stereo disc streaming voices, so you can play like stems. Uh, 399 usual price. I was thinking this would be really good for battery operated orchestra because they play stems live off their really old yeah. school uh, Akai uh, Pad Pad 8, uh, MPD8s, and they're quite chunky. And I think this would be a really good move for it. Love the color, love the concept. I'm hoping, I mean, I think it's going to be out in November, isn't it? $399. Uh, sorry about the hold up there, but this actually looks pretty cool. And I think for people playing live, I mean, obviously. Not yeah. enough audio outputs, perhaps, but I know. What do you think? Have you? They are ever so fiddly, or they look ever so fiddly. <laughs> they're actually quite easy to use. I don't know. Have you? Have you used any of the Nanobox stuff? Not the not the Nano stuff. I've got one of those, which is the black box, yeah. which is like a bigger version, and you can do a lot more with it. But this looks great. You know, for, you know, sticking in your pocket or you know, just cracking out for. for I've seen people use them for running like backing tracks they can because you can stream it off the the sd card and yeah um mm. yeah i mean they're very very um simple but effective devices you know even the small stuff but i really like 1010 music have kind of been a revelation to me this year i i, I do i want the blue box next because uh, i could do with one i've got the phases. blue box Get yeah the Eurorack I, one, though, I reckon because the Eurorack. oh no 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 the, i don't the, do Eurorack. the space <laughs> Well, put it in a case because the, <laughs> the spacing of all of the connectors is way better. Because we looked at that's a video we shot, mm. and the spacing oh, right, is okay. much easier. You don't need because otherwise, you all your I guarantee you all your mini jack plugs will probably be too fat, and you end up with this kind of they force each other apart. Gotcha. So that's that's the yeah, yeah, only thing I would yeah. say about Fun. that. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's but, no, I, I like. I mean, the, the quality is excellent, and it is you know it's just so it's a sweet little thing, and it's orange, which is my favourite colour. Um, oh, but yeah, perfect. they're really, I really clever. Tell that by how much things. orange you've got in your room and are wearing. <laughs> I, no, the, I, honestly, it's, it really <laughs> it's the orange drum kit in the background. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that'll probably be. Is that, is that a shot? Oh. That's all that shot. <laughs> ah, okay, it looks good though, doesn't it? I mean, um, um, Paulie, <laughs> this I don't know yes. whether these kind of this sort of micro technology appeals to you in that way. I mean. I think the idea, if you could, this, if, you know, you could with this, with this, and yes. just a little sequencer, you've got a live set there, right? And you can live sample you've into it. You've got a believe. whole set. We have to see how it works. Yeah. Um, this would look. I like the color. It'd go great next to my microwave XT. It'd, you know, perfectly match. Um, so this, the one point seven gigabyte piano sample in something that tiny. It just it just seems pretty wild to me and i think mm. that's really cool but my brain and you know people who are living in environments where space is an issue this series and i haven't used them but i'll take your word for it that um the uis are quite simple to work yeah around. the uis are pretty good actually yeah yeah they are there is there is part of my brain that goes for for that kind of price, you know, is it 300, yeah. 400 notes this range? Yeah. My yeah. brain goes, I want I want more, I want more, you know, connectivity and knobs and buttons and things like that. You know, maybe something the size of uh, a Digitac to an Octatrack or something like that for that kind of money. So it's it's kind of 
difficult for me to judge it without getting my hands on one and having a bit of yeah. a go on one, you know? Um, mm. Because it might be something... I mean, the, the yellow one, the lemon drop, is the one that, that kind of interests me most because I love granular stuff. But I haven't had a chance to play with even one of those yet. So I'm going to reserve judgment um, until, you know, I can I can actually play one. Uh, but yeah, Fair that 1.7 gig piano in a tiny thing, amazing. Well, Took amongst other things, I back. think that's what that's interesting. I, mean, just, I think the thing that I'm finding kind of, and people keep saying, it's like, well, they they've stuck to the form factor, so none of these have got any more conf different configurations of ins or outs. I'd really like to have seen two pairs of stereo, two pairs of outs on this, because obviously you might want to put your drums out of one yeah. mix and your chordy bits out of another, or whatever it may be, and you just can't do that. Click track. I know, Robin. You know, mm. there has been some argument that <laughs> they should just release the firmware and make it cross flashable, so you can choose what colour it is you want. Uh, that's something that I've heard said, but uh, maybe there's maybe there's more to it than that. I'm sure there is. Yeah, maybe. I had a bit of a whinge about mini devices recently, which uh, which felt really good. Felt like I got something off my, my chest about teeny-weeny boxes that are many hundreds of pounds that do incredible things that you, you've just got to somehow shrink yourself down in order to access. But, I mean, if the, if the front panel works, it, it works. It comes down to an exercise in design, and so often um, that... It, you know, the, the smallness of something seems to override the usability. And that's, that's for me, is always a problem. I, I don't want to be stuck with something that I can't fiddle with. You know, it's, that ends up being a pointless operation, particularly if it's 400 quid. There, as Paulie says, you know, I, I'm expecting there to be more to it and actually would rather have something which had a bit more to it. You know, why do I have to force myself into an awkward way of using something just because it's cute. I mean, I, I think all of these boxes are excellent. Yeah, the sound quality, the features that they offer are great, but you are having to struggle yourself down into this tiny little space uh, for the joy of using mm. something which which could be, surely, just okay. in a slightly bigger form with a couple of extra things. Or maybe you have to plug, uh, like the, there's the music thing, uh, modular little... Uh, little MIDI controller, eight fader MIDI controller that uh, uh, that yes. uh, music thing have done, which would be a perfect sort of complement to something like this. Something that just gives you that bit more, bit more hands-on well, control. Can. But then, they why am I having to think of that? Why am I having to work yeah. around something? It should be bleeding usable in the first place. No, I haven't <laughs> touched one, so it could well be. But I've just, I'm at the moment, I'm just in the place of um, resistance against the pocket groove box which has the whole world of synthesizers in it you know i just i'm not sure that that's what i want but you may mm. of course and it is orange well, funny, i mean i, I appreciate yeah, i appreciate orange oh yeah no i see that it's funny isn't it when you kind of <laughs> put that up against one of our other topics you know the maximus and you just think how many yeah. how many nano boxes would there be in the sort of just the volume by volume uh, and it would be hundreds and hundreds i would imagine uh, interesting. And I suppose if you had hundreds and hundreds of nanoboxes in the same volumetric space as a Maximus, uh, it would probably be more expensive than the Maximus, which is just something to con contemplate. There's, there's, no, there's, it there's is. no agenda to that it at is, all. Yeah. It's just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is great. I mean, I think, I, like I say, I was quite resistant to this and I did feel a little, I suppose I just felt a little bit kind of 
not ripped off, but hard done by that. I mean, I didn't I haven't bought it. That the people right. would be paying four hundred pounds for something that's so teeny tiny. And I suppose the thing is, is also when they first came out, that price point was even further away from what we would expect yeah. to pay for things. I suppose the thing is now everything's got so expensive, it's not quite as expensive mm. compared to the other stuff. So maybe that's the stra been the strategy all along. But it, it is I, a um, lovely thing. I mean, hopefully we're going to get one in for review. But mm. uh, yeah, I had two thoughts. One was that I realised just looking over there that I've already paid uh, about 300 quid for a tiny synth, and that's the Micro Monster 2, because uh, I loved right, the yeah. feature set of it. And it's also orange. Well, it's black and orange. It looks Halloween-y, so, you know, I love it. But the mm -hmm. other thing I wanted to mention was uh, about Robbie's um, phobia of Eurorack. Um, it's not a phobia... <laughs> <laughs> but essentially resistance. i just wanted to mention resistance i wanted to mention that with those 4ms pods little cases you can these days essentially just buy one module pop it in one of those little boxes and then just basically have it as a um you know a standalone yeah. little desktop yeah. synth so but that's it, pretty it's cool a slippery slope, it's, it's isn't easier it? it's a slippery slope. <laughs> I guess, but if you buy a little case, if you buy a little you case, you only have to fill it. a little case. Temptation. Actually, exactly. you say that. I, I would like to big shout out. I don't know if anybody uh, is following Geert Bivian on, uh, who is just an all-round kind of brilliant guy. He's he's one of the people who's been involved pretty much in the adoption of the MPE standard and defining it over for MIDI and stuff. And did loads of, you know, Great. developed the Animo, loads of stuff. But he's now, he's he always, he's, he prints loads of stuff and he's printed this idea of these little cases that are effectively, they're a bit like kind of stackable storage, but they're small mm. HP. So you can just put modules in them and then sort of link them together. So it's an extensible Beautiful. Uh, concept of, it's a really mm. nice idea. And maybe that something like that would appeal or not to you, Robbie. <laughs> not no, I don't know, not really. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd have to see it, but I was just thinking about you know the price of this this um, ten ten thing, and then I just thought, well, you can get something like this for just a few quid mm. more. This is like I think you can get this for about four thirty four forty. The Sonicware sample sure. trip, which has just got a version three update by the way today, which has added loads oh, of really? great stuff. But you've got proper full size connectors on the back and proper pads that are all touch sensitive, and it does sampling and and all that stuff. And that just seems a lot more value for money than, you know, a pretty, you know, cute little, you know, pastel coloured box. Um, but that said, you know, the 1010 is, you know, if, I guess it's just horses for courses. It's the isn't utility. It? Tools. Well, the other, thing, yeah. the other thing to bear in mind, the other thing to bear in mind, and I think this is something that many hardware manufacturers are uh, have realised over the years, and perhaps even more so as we've just gone through loads of problems with uh, uh parts and shortages and stuff if you build the kind of platform and then spend time updating the operating system you can extend the life of the hardware and encourage people to buy uh, although bizarrely uh, i was speaking to oz from uh, expert sleepers and he's gone in the opposite direction he's now building little sort of analog modules which do sound really good actually though that range of things and he just said he was getting a bit sick of just uh, making a product and it was sort of never finished because it could just continually be updated. Mm. He's just going, here's mm. an oscillator, this is it, I've done it. Bye-bye. You know, and, and I think maybe it's just, you know, you need to mix things up a little bit because it could probably be a bit exhausting just having to continually work on updates uh, all the time because yeah. you never... 
you know, you, you don't get as much brain space to come up with other things. But uh, yeah, I, no. if you, I did a video with Oz on the, the uh, I think it's Sicily Distortion, but he's got the other modules in there and he was just playing and it sounded actually really good. Really good, actually. So, uh, you know, maybe that's... I wanted right to um, briefly, if that's okay, um, introduce you to a little guest star to Sonic Talk today, if that's okay. Ah, of course it is. Briefly. Ah, have we got a... Uh... Ah, oh, we're going to get the... Uh... This is Baby Fan. Oh, oh hello, oh, Baby Fan. That's lovely. Ah. Oh. So, here we are. Wow. Is. So, this I is where I um, disappear to every week. Who are all those weirdos, Daddy? Yeah. Wow, he's got more hair. He's got more hair than me, that's for sure. A lovely, fine... Is that red hair or is it the light? Has he got... Is he full on? Is he... Oh, excellent. Excellent. Hair. Yeah. Cool. So Hello, mate. You just wanted to say we'll give him a wave. Should we all give him a wave? There's the future. Yeah, there's the future. Give him Indeed. a little wave. I think he's well, probably he's this. Stay. Oh, he did have a smile. <laughs> yeah, nice one. Well, thank you very much. Lovely. Well, I'm going to pass him back ever so carefully. Because <laughs> I'm on camera. Excellent. Well, drop the baby. Always. Yeah. Yeah. No. God. I'm just thinking. Get back to yeah. lovely. Well, thank you very much for the introduction. Excellent. And now you've got a record of it. You can you can tease them with it when uh, when they're thirty <laughs> or something, and they're giving you a hard yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Just, yeah. Play it to their first partner um, before they get to know them very well. <laughs> well, it used to be that videos, sort of didn't it? Like recorded camcorder footage that that parents would play to a first partner. But now, super you know, eight, it's just more like super eight. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Um, well, we've nearly got to the end of our uh, topics. I did actually, I, I haven't done a, uh, any questions for ages, actually. I'm just going to see if there's, uh, I suppose this is relevant because there's been quite a lot of talk recently, Ben Jordan video and whatnot. I know I don't want to throw this up because it could last forever, but I'm going to play. I don't know if this will actually work because it's a question from Nick Harris, but I think it's quite relevant. I think there's too many commas in it. It might not work and it probably won't show up, but it basically says, uh, given Ben Jordan, Jorb and no other seem to be on the warpath against Behringer, do the panel feel it's time to just enjoy what kit we have slash own slash want to use and not spend eternity bun fighting about music technology as most of us don't care? If you have a room full of CS80s, Jupiter 8s, what we care about is making music, enjoying our hobby profession, which I think is a great sentiment. Um, you know, let's just get on with it. And I think that is a very valid point. I mean, I think uh, I, in the comments, I, I'll go first if that's okay with everybody. Uh, the only thing I would say about that is yes, totally. But if if uh, this particular manufacturer would, didn't spend, you know, a post at least once a week that all media are shills and they're all against us and you can't trust anything they said, it would probably help a little in that kind of whole idea. So, uh, but yes, I do totally agree. I mean, I think ultimately it's down to the music. I mean, it, it's very hard for us to, uh, for me to sort of say gear doesn't matter when we're on a music technology podcast on a music technology channel amongst three or four other people whose focus is music technology and often the latest gear. But I think that's a very valid point. Ah, uh, Robin, I mean, you know, it's... Mm. It is easy to forget that it's uh, it's just good to get on with stuff and you know make make the music and, and oh, forget oh, about it all is. the other stuff, right? 
Yeah, it's good to get on with stuff. You know, it's good to just live in your house and forget about the trees being cut down or the tidal waves coming in from somewhere else. It's good to to avoid the the, the rumours of war and sounds of disaster and you know all of these things because we're we're just uh, artists whose mind is stuck purely in what we have in front of us in our in in fueling our creativity. So I guess what I'm trying to badly say is that no gear matters. Uh, who makes gear matters. Uh, how my gear got into my hand matters. Um, what I the, the beautiful music that I wish to affect the world and win the hearts of a million women matters uh, on what I use and what I use it for and use it on where it came from, I feel. So I feel that my gear, despite the fact of just being bits of plastic and metal and control voltage, the, the history of that gear, the, uh, the legacy of it, the uh, genesis of it, all of those things has an influence on how I use it and how I see it and how I ultimately create with it, I think, or not. But I think it does. Would, well, I, I think would that's say. a very fair point. I mean, yes, I, I think there's a good argument for not putting your head in the sand and going, no, I don't want to listen to any of the unpleasantness and I think it's all right. And, and I suppose it's just a matter of, you know, I'm, I fully, uh, I mean, I haven't seen the Ben Jordan video, so I can't say I don't know anything about what he said, but I've met the guy and I've seen a lot of his other stuff and he is a smart cookie and he does a lot of research yeah, and he's he very, very careful about what he says. He doesn't say stuff just, just for the whole kind of... Uh, uh, you know, shocked face poster frame of it. He's actually, you know, he's he's driven to kind of explore these things. So I'd, I'd be curious to see what that is. And, I, and, and I'm not going to pass any judgment on it. But yes, I think Nick mm. Harris, yes, as well. Sometimes it's nice not to think about the nasty things and just get on with it. But ultimately, the nasty things are all affecting us ultimately. So I suppose we have to give it some credence. See, I, the thing is, Behringer have brought pretty much all of this situation on to us and themselves by doing what they do. It's not, I've got nothing against them producing low cost um, musical technology that will enable people who do not have a, a massive budget to get in and get on the ladder and get, you know, get those sounds out of their head and into something else and into other people's ears. I'm all for that. Do they have to do it using other people's, ideas other people's designs other people's trade dress no they just produced a range of synthesizers look there are other companies out there warm audio is another one they do uh gear that is you know clones of other gears but they do it in a very kind of ethical way and, and behringer could if they wanted to do that but they choose not to they choose to be inflammatory they choose to be aggressive they choose to be rude and they choose to gaslight and this whole thing about you know the media against us and they they're the ones that are causing the division it's not the the synth influences it's not you know the likes of you nick or or robin or myself or paulie or anybody that does shows like this it's not us that's causing the division it's them and they thrive on it it's what that you know it's what they do and it's just sad because they could not do that and still make great products for people who can't afford all the big expensive stuff and and nobody would bat an eyelid but they choose to mm. do this and that's that's really awful but yeah i'd love to be able to sit and do that but some of the stories i've heard about you know behringer's business practices which i i can't say in a public space will put a lot of people off if they knew what was actually kind of going on mm. it's it's shocking stuff a lot of the time but yeah they bring it all upon themselves they yeah as somebody just said in the chat they are toxic bullies that's really what they are they're bullies
Well, I think I think the it's the I, I think it's I think to be fair, we're not talking about necessarily all the employees. We're talking about maybe the people who manage the social media and decide what the uh, the agenda is. I mean, it's mostly the Facebook page, isn't it? It's just sure. kind of uh, this sure. whole thing, mm. the agenda, that, which is is fine. And every time you kind of go, but you did this, this, and this, and they just go, oh yes, but we learned from our mistakes. We realise we've made them in the past. And then that's kind of like everybody goes, oh, yeah. And then they do it again. <laughs> just yeah. like, okay, that's fine. I, I'm not <laughs> looking to cause any friction. I, I, I've stepped away from covering their stuff. Uh, and so I'm sort of fulfilling the prophecy because they've made themselves kind of just a bit toxic. I don't really want to spend all that time sort of giving them fuel. And that's them. I mean, and as a marketing mm. uh, tool, it works great. I mean, it's really effective doing it this way, but it's just not very nice. That's all. Mm, yeah. I think I'm slightly protected from it. I'm over here because I don't particularly have my main interest in analog synths. I've got a right. few, you know, I've got the Polybrew OB6, I've got a Profit 600. And what else? Uh, Are you speaking to us with I've your got... mind? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, oh, you've really... that lag? Have I frozen? <laughs> it's all right, it's lag... Yeah, it's all right. It was, just, uh, uh, that's okay. I'll reconnect in a minute. Keep yes, going. yes, it's, like it's just my mind. Over. But this, sh this should be echo on it, really, if it was my mind, mind, mind. That's true. We should have some <laughs> anyway, sort of so, transition. Uh, I so I kind of keep my nose out of it, basically. Um, but I will say I am very tempted when they bring the BBG wave out to you know, to grab one mm. if it's yeah. at a good price. Can, can uh, I just add Because I more just thing. love the aesthetics of it. Yes. You know this recent thing um, where apparently Moog Music offered Uli Behringer the opportunity to buy the Moog brand? And apparently... It doesn't surprise me at all. They look... No, it doesn't surprise me. And I know that, they, you know, they were hawking themselves around, you know, various places. And it doesn't surprise me if, th if that was true. But isn't it odd that Uli Behringer didn't want to buy Moog Music, one of the most respected brands in this industry, and yet was quite happy stealing other people's brands like Tom Oberheim, for example? I just... What, what's going on there? Well, that, that just seems odd. I, I don't know. I think allegedly it's probably got to be thrown in there at some point as far as i understand it from the top from the statements i've seen um i didn't really want to get into the legality of it but as far as i've seen mm. it, it's it doesn't align i mean moog is a premium brand and behringer but are not i mean and they say that's not the way we we roll we're looking for lower cost look further down the food chain kind of for for our instruments and if we if if they bought moog it would kind of mess with that and it would it would be a mixed uh, you know, it wouldn't wouldn't fit in with their strategy, and that, I I don't think there's anything mm. wrong with that. It's just because it's because of the bad will that's been sort of built up through all of these other things that are mm. going on. It's just seemed to be that's an outrageous thing to say, and I I, I actually don't think it is. I think it's quite a reasonable way to look at it. Mm. But you know, I I, don't, I also think he probably was aware aware enough to realise that if they did buy Behringer, if Behringer did buy Moog. There would be, you know, it would be like a revolution. It would be like the most insulting thing that you could do to the memory of the company, really, because of all the stuff that's gone behind. I mean, part of me wondered why he didn't do it just for that reason, because he likes to cause a bit of mischief. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I just think it's... Uh, 
I think in the mm. end, you know, it's gone. It's gone somewhere else, and I think that's probably for the better. But I, I wasn't, I wasn't at all surprised to see that uh, that that may have been the case. I mean, as I said before, you know, it's you could blame. I think Ben is essentially, you know, that part of the argument was that if it wasn't for Berenger, then perhaps Moog would have su survived. I, I don't agree because, you know, people make competing products all the time. You may as well blame Autoria or you know Sequential or whatever because mm. they made stuff that people bought instead of Moog. That's just the way it goes, you know. Yeah. So anyway. I mean, what something I think that is completely maddening in it all is that Paulie would like a, a a PPG clone because they don't exist anymore, and yet there's a sense that there's something controversial in thinking that you might want to buy one of those. I mean, I can't. There, there's no other product that I buy that I can think of where I go, oh, I don't know whether it's ethical for me no. to purchase this product because of the behavior of the company behind it. I mean, what is that about? Why should we even be having these conversations? Why should we have to consider? Why should that even be a consideration? It's a product, it's a nice synthesizer that should be fine. And it's just bonkers that Behringer places us in this situation where we have to think weirdly about Ooh. it you know why mm. why do they do that it's it's bonkers and it is boring and i uh, i absolutely appreciate that for a lot of people they just can't be bothered anymore uh with yeah, having I, to I think feel, about it and i and i do sympathize I, with that greatly i feel that way to a certain degree but uh, yeah paulie i i know you got disconnected i mean we'll probably wrap yes. this up but uh, if you want to close close with what you were going to say and we can see your lips move at the same time Yes, no, that's cool. So essentially, I think that in my head, because I don't know that much about it, it seems it kind of almost cancels each other out. So that's why there's so much confusion. There's that great democracy of letting people have really cheap priced gear and then this kind of toxic behaviour and they just seem to kind of fall into mm. a muddled mess for me. So that's why I, just, I can't really feel much about it because I'm like, oh, I'm there doing that, essentially. Yeah, well, I know, it's understandable. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, I might feel really differently if um, I didn't have a room full of synths and wanted some synths. You know, yeah, when, I know, I agree. When, I I wanted, when I wanted a wasp filter... Uh, Dupfer were the only ones who were making a wasp filter so you know I put one in my Eurorack and got it would I these days go and buy Beringer's wasp clone instead you know to get that really lovely wildly resonant sound that breaks <laughs> up um, I don't know <laughs> but, but could uh, you imagine so. Dieter Dofer getting on the internet and saying hey you're a bunch of uh yeah no i hate all the influencers because they're they're idiots and like stuff ah, no no that kind of Dieter thing can Dieter you imagine is... Dieter doing anything like that <laughs> no he's no. absolutely lovely what a lovely no, exactly. guy <laughs> yeah. anyway well I, yeah yet again i mean I, I i get it with the uh you know either side of the story but what happens is both of those piles of arguments add up to a big pointy extra bit of publicity which we've yeah, just that's always the end result, isn't it? I I try not to uh, to do it, but I suppose it felt it felt we had to address it because it's a current topic and whatnot. But that's it. I suppose we've covered our things. Anyway, what are you up to next, then, Paulie? You must. You said you are mixing. Um, you're mixing the documentary, right? So you were uh, mixing on the documentary. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's and um, what we're going to do is uh, do a, like a soundtrack album as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. 
So between that and obviously my full-time job working in mental health, uh, I'm really autism focused this week because I'm I'm finishing off a video about autism and music. Oh yes, and how right, it affects yeah. me. It's gonna be gonna be pretty interesting, uh, and that's that's in um, uh, correlation with the fact that I'm currently writing a course to help recently diagnosed autistic people come to terms with their diagnosis and and the difficulties you know that they've maybe faced. So I'm in a very introspective kind of uh, mood this week it's been quite interesting so yeah um but no uh look out for my next video it'll probably be uh put up online around the weekend because i've got a little Excellent. bit look to forward do to it. that uh robbie what about you um your show on this week going to be talking synthfest what are you going to be talking about uh so this friday we've got um dan yeah presence network we've got dan goldstein and mitchell sigmund from cherry audio to come and talk about their new ps3300 plugin and the last one the harmonia as well and yes we'll be talking about you know other, other newsy bits but yeah mostly uh, talk to those guys um i've got a couple of podcasts i've got one to finish which is a really cool one about can't see who it is and then um i've just been commissioned to do a, like a special one uh, for the end of the year, so that's that's going to be sort of like heavy in my schedule. And oh, and I've got the Synclavia Regen back from Synclavia. And they said they gave Craig gave me a little bit of instruction um, pre-show at Synthfest, and then said, "Go on, take it away for a few more weeks. See if you can get your head around that." And um, hopefully, I'll do a follow-up video to the disastrous one that we did, where I just couldn't get my head around it at all. So yeah, that that'll be fun. Excellent. And uh, Robin, how about yourself? I saw you posted your 360 video uh, of uh, Synthfest. Did you do uh, Synthfest? Did you do, uh, you've got your, uh, is it Sunday night you do your show? You're doing one this, or it's monthly, isn't it? So I guess it would be It is monthly. Sunday. I didn't do one this last month because Bristronica and uh, Synthfest kind of got in the way. So I am planning to do one soon, not this not this weekend i'm going to the cinema so that's exciting but i think you know in a week or so because it, it my uh, 10th year anniversary of molten has just kind of sneaked past so i i am trying to do a mildly impressive video about that you know something other than just mm -hmm. me talking to camera you know that's that's impressive enough i think uh, so i'm Ten trying to get that bloopers. done absolutely yeah i'm not going to go through every molten monthly for the last 10 years um so yeah i've got to put that together uh, and then i'll do a live stream after that just to go hooray cake beer that kind of thing uh but <laughs> the, the the more interesting thing i've got coming up is erica since are going to send me a bullfrog the reason being the reason i gave them was that i'm doing uh, the norwich science fair next february where i'm doing some kind of workshop for kids on modular so I said right. to Gertz that, Ooh. hey, how about you send me half a dozen of those bullfrog things? And that would be like, great, rather than me having to come up with something, um, you know, that kids would be dribbling over. Ooh. And he said, yeah, yeah right, let's do that. the teacher version as well, the massive teacher version. Well, oh, there, yeah, whoa. I don't think oh. that's going to quite necessarily be ready, he says. But he's going to send oh. me a bullfrog now so I can get the hang of it. So I'll do a bit of a video on that. And then he'll send me a box full of them uh for next february oh, when i do the workshop which is ace Amazing. so That's big up great. to erica since for their educational um determination which is going to be great Absolutely. incredible Brilliant. yeah 
So that'd oh, be fun. Oh, fantastic. yeah. And also, next Actually, week, I've oh, got to play a gig what? for a whole bunch of, uh, of the local ladies group, which is very <laughs> exciting. And wow. I've just got to come up wow. with a bunch of songs. So anyway, that's by the by. That's not really relevant at all. But that's well, what's in uh, my great. head. Great. Well, I'm glad to say uh, that sounds like there's plenty. Uh, I'm just trying to think what we've we got coming <laughs> up. We've got Pianophonic. Uh, Mass takes a look at the uh, Nobular Pianophonic. Pianophonic. Uh, we've got some other things coming up in the pipeline. Uh, um, tonight, I'm going to see uh, a, a, a Grayson Perry, who is a, a very uh, um, unusual artist. Oh, nice. uh, and mm, last night, amazing. I went. To, I've had a week of. So these are sort of free tickets that people can't go to. So last night, I went to see Mary Beard, who's a historian, talk about Roman, yes. uh, Roman stuff. And that was Love Mary so that Beard. was a, a, the pavilion in Bath, which seats around 1,100 people, was absolutely yeah. full for a little grey-haired old lady talking about Roman history. And it really blew my mind, because I did some calculations. So 15 quid a ticket times 1,100, plus probably three or 400 books, hardback books sold. That's generating... Yeah, that, yeah we're, we're in the wrong business, lads. Um, and <laughs> then tonight, so. I'm going to yep. see Grayson Perry, which is also free. So I want to say thanks to Jill for the tickets and thanks to Catherine for the tickets last night. So, yeah, that's what I'm spending my birthday Amazing. doing. And eating takeaway food. Anyway... That's it for this week. Enjoy. Thank you very much, everybody in the chat. Thank you very much uh, to, for listening. Uh, thank you for sitting through our little bit of Behringer. But uh, I blame Nick Howes. He put the question <laughs> and I felt I had to answer it. <laughs> but see anyway, him. we'll see you all. Uh, we'll see you all um, next time. Thanks very much. Take care now. Bye. Bye-bye.